this is a very traditional message, I believe. You've probably heard lots and lots and lots and lots of messages on faith. We can't kind of hype it up like uh, the song we just sang with Jericho, but faith is something that is planted within our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we work up inside ourselves. We need to be careful when we think about faith that it in reality is the living, resurrected life of Jesus Christ within us. It's not our hopes and wishes. It's not, well, I'd like to have. It has to come, if it's true faith, it has to be founded in reality. And reality is not necessarily in our heads or in our hearts or even in our DNA or how we were raised up or even what city or country or culture or language that we speak. It comes from one person only. And it is the Son of God who came and exercised faith ultimately for every one of us, going all the way back to Adam, to us today. So it is encompassing, but it has really nothing to do with what we can contribute on our own. Do you understand that? I think you will as we go on in this message. Because some of the things that we see in this chapter, particularly in the names that we name, or that are named in chapter 11, I struggled this week in looking at some of these men of faith that are listed in this chapter. And I thought, you know, whoever the writer of Hebrews is, he went way out and drug in some names that he listed that I would never list. Never. You'll know what I mean in just a few minutes as we look at this. But I just want to preface it that let's not look at it as something that we stir up in our hearts of our own. Okay? We're looking to Jesus and who he is and what he shows of himself to us. And this might also sound contradictory. The, the title that I've got here might sound very contradictory to what I just said. Something better for us. We are consumers. Oh, well, I'm not. You know what is the number one retailer in the world today? Amazon. Where they got that name, I do not know. But, and by the way, it started in Seattle. <laughs> Something better for us. That sounds very, very today-ish. Very much in the ilk and the thinking of where we are as consumers in the world. And Japan, of all nations, is not exempt from that. Something better for us. It's not what you think the words say there. And we'll hopefully nail it as to what that really implies or what it really means. Okay? By faith, the walls of Jericho 
fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me. For if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their release, so that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised, because God had provided something better for us. So that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Father, we just ask right now that you impart to us what you want to speak to us as a congregation as well as individuals. Give us listening ears and hearts and allow that what we hear would be turned into faith and worked out in our lives in a practical way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, uh, the three points. Who is Rahab? Who were these? And what have they gained? By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. One of the things that we need to look at also in introduction, is that in reading Hebrews 11, we need to understand that the author of Hebrews is writing this from the advantage and the assumption that everyone knows the details of the lives of the people he is naming in this chapter. And I must say that this list that he gave us, I went back and wrestled over. I think I already said that, but it, it was hard for me to pick out where are the faith points in some of these lives. But it's like the writer of Hebrews, we've used it as a um, running the race. And it might be more of a marathon than it is just round and around and around and around in circles. Up over the hills and around and through the woods and over streams and rocks and up over a peak and then down. What the author was, how he was really viewing it was like he was standing on a mountaintop. He was looking out throughout history and talking about those that particularly exhibited faith. The walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. You know, the song we just sang 
was just the buildup to where we are going right this moment on this point. And I'll tell you what it is. In the chapter on the walls of Jericho falling down, did you know that for one whole week, for seven days, as they went around Jericho, no one said a word. And I was thinking, okay, how am I going to demonstrate this? So I thought, well, what are we going to do is we're all going to stand up and get around the, the walls here, and then we're going to go around. But nobody, nobody can say anything. I bet you that's impossible. <laughs> but that's what was required. But you would think, well, you know, it's so fun to sing that song. And we could march around every day and it would just be very joyous. But it was a very, very solemn marching. And the only thing that you heard, the sound of the horn, ram's horns, the shofar. And that was the only sound. It was not the sound of a man or of a child, but of a ram's horn. Where are we going to hear that again? When is that sound going to be heard? At the last trumpet that we hear is going to be the victory of Jesus Christ coming for his bride. That's us. Wow, that is Jericho come down. I'm looking forward to that. On the last day, on the seventh day, they were to walk around not just once in silence, but seven times around the city. I don't know how big the city was, but they walked around that seven times without saying a word. The trumpets were playing. And finally, when they came around, here's what I believe they said. And I want you all to exercise this when you see it on the screen. And we'll say this together, all in one voice, as a shout. Okay? Here we go. You ready? The battle is the Lord's! Let's do it one more time. Get these walls up. It's the Lord's. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're done. That is faith. When the walls came tumbling down. You know, the Lord is, I think, very unique. He does unique things. Things that you would think, no, this couldn't be the Lord. Oh, you don't know. He does some very unique things, and we have to receive that in faith. By faith, Rahab, the harlot, did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. Okay, I think that probably Joshua and the walls of Jericho are fairly well known to all of us. We learned them as children. Do you know? That, that is a fun story. It's an exciting story. But it's not just a Sunday school story. 
It is reality. It is a reality that we need in our lives almost every day to understand what that means. Okay, the story goes back before what we're talking about here when it talks about Rahab. These two spies went into the promised land and at that time they encountered a lady in Jericho and searched out this city. And the only place that they could hide was in a very unlikely place, but probably a place where men could very freely go in and spend the night, was in this harlot's home. Can you imagine God planning that? Our holy Jehovah planning something like that to send two of his people into that home. And she hid them there. Unbelievable. Who was this Rahab? What is so incredible about her and what her faith was all about? Well, here's what Matthew 1, 5 to 6 says that tells you who this woman became. This is taken from the lineage of Jesus Christ. Solomon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David the king. Rahab was one of the four women that are mentioned in the lineage of Jesus. And all of them did not qualify to be in that lineage other than by what? Their faith, their simple faith in God. Rahab had heard about the story of how the Israelites left Egypt went through the Red Sea. She had heard that story. It was famous in her town. And I don't know why, but it spread like wildfire around the Middle East. And that was 40 years previous to this experience here. But she remembered that story, maybe as a little girl, from some of the men that she had spent time with. I don't know how she knew that. But having those two men in her house, she came to faith. She believed. And she asked that they spare her and her family. And she put a scarlet, a red thread out her window because she lived on the wall of the city. And that was the sign that when Israel was to come in, and destroy Jericho, that house, everyone in that house would be saved. And sure enough, when the Israelites went across the Jordan and came in to the promised land and came to Jericho and they saw the thread there in the window and they began that march for a whole week and then seven days they kept looking at that red thread and her family was saved. We use that illustration. We used it when we were going through the Old Testament 
and talking about the scarlet thread that goes through the Bible in talking about the sacrifices and the blood that needed to be shed for the remission of sin. That's where that came from, right from Rahab and her window. And that is the sign of God's redemptive love. We don't know that she even confessed her sins, but I'm pretty sure that was in her heart because she knew that this was the God of gods, the God of heaven that had come to her house. And what she had been longing for in her life had come to her house of salvation. Incredible story. Most unlikely to be listed as a person of faith. Rahab? So that's all that it takes? Yes, basically, that's all it takes is believing in the God of Israel. That he sent his son to die on the cross to redeem us from the judgment of God, cleansing us and making us pure and clean in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son. That's faith. That's too simple. That's faith. But that's too easy. Anybody can do that. That's faith. And that's where we need to understand really what faith is. Is going along with God in what he says in his word. And that becomes reality in our lives. And as we continue to do that day after day after day, we walk in faith. I was going to say our faith gets stronger and bigger. No, we're still on the same basis. It's still a very simple basis. But God begins to pour into our lives things that we learn, things that we can use to encourage others and to spread the news and the understanding of the faith in Jesus Christ. That's what the Christian life is about. And Rahab became a mother in Israel, listed in Jesus' genealogy. Who were these people that the writer of Hebrews wrote about? And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets. And I wrestled over this and I even asked Katie if she could give me any insight and I didn't think she really gave me any. <laughs> Why Gideon? Why Barak? What about Samson? Jephthah? That guy was nuts. <laughs> David? Well, yeah. Samuel? Okay. And the prophets? He could have picked out better names, I think. I would have picked out better names than that to be examples of faith. But yet, Gideon was a man of faith. And he's very famous for what? Yes, 300 men. Well, I was going to say he also started out with what we think is probably not really faith because he said, if I put out some wool and it becomes soaking wet and the rest around it is dry, then I'll know it's you. And then it happened. He went out in the morning and squeezed a whole bowl full of 
water out of that ball of fleece. So then he said to the Lord, and this is real faith, by the way. He said to the Lord, well, I'm going to put it out again and it'll be dry and everything will be wet around it. And sure enough, that's what happened. And so many of us have said, well, I'm going to put out a fleece and see if this is really the Lord. Come on now. But what does the Lord say? Test me. Test me and see if I will do what I say I will promise to do. Yes, I think in some cases a fleece will work. But you know what? I would caution you, don't go around doing that when you're talking about marrying some guy or whether he's really the right one or not. Don't do that, girls. Or guys, don't do that. I wouldn't put my life out there like that. I would walk in faith, believing what God is doing in your life and walk righteously before him without a sign, just knowing of who you are in Christ and your relationship in him. Gideon dared to believe God. Barak was questionable, but he was a mighty guy. He was a a warrior, but he was afraid. And so he had to have two women help him out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm not embarrassed to have my wife uh, correct me and uh, lead me and help me and be my helpmate. It's God's blessing. Samson. Oh, Samson. (laughs) Samson. What great hopes his parents had for him. Really? He was the last of the judges of Israel. Well, he really became a model at the last moment. But yet, what he had was faith. Because it wasn't in his strength. It was in what God wanted to do through his life. And that will happen to you. Yeah, you've messed up. You've made a lot of mistakes. You've not gone God's way all the time. But you believe that he has called you. You're his. And you want to walk in faith, believing that it's in him, not in you. Jephthah. That's another one. He kept his vow. But what a vow, he said. And if you think it through, Katie and I were talking about it at breakfast this morning. What was he thinking was going to come out of that door? A, a, a little puppy or something? Or It was his daughter. But, you know, if you read that text, I don't think he sacrificed her. It's very questionable that he really carried through. He carried through with a vow. And she was then a virgin the rest of her life without marrying. And then there's David. Great David. God said he was a man after his own heart. And he was. I want to be that kind of a guy. 
And then Samuel, the Lord's anointed. And he anoints the Lord's anointed. And I think that this is a picture of Jesus Christ. Samuel anointing Jesus Christ, the lineage of David. You know, Saul was chosen by the people. And David was chosen by the Lord. And Samuel anointed him that way. And it says, And all these have gained approval through their faith and did not receive what was promised because God had provided something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. There's two us's in this statement. Something better for us so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. The us does not mean us. The first us is all the saints throughout all centuries and from the beginning of time who have believed in the sacrifice lamb who have seen their salvation in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the only begotten Son of God. That's us. Something better for us. So that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. We needed to be in the picture. And that's what the appeal is to you today. That us be part of what God has started for thousands of years now. And he's about to culminate this. And we're not any better than Samson or Rahab or Barak or Jephthah. We're fallen human beings who have heard the message and we have responded in faith saying, yes, I will follow. I will follow. That is Christianity. That is faith. Father, we thank you for what you have done in our hearts. And so now as we come before you celebrating this ceremony that is a picture again, and by faith we receive it, saying thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for our salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.